Hello and welcome to Nerds Eye View, episode 208 for the first week of January. Welcome back. Happy New Year, everybody. I have with me the wonderful, the only podcaster, Andrew. Yeah, that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm glad that we're back. Yeah, me too. It's, it's been... It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was starting to freak out a little bit. I was scratching. I was like, oh, God, where's gotta get, my podcast? Gotta talk about these movies. Oh, God. Gotta tell people. Yeah. It was, it was, it was getting bad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who else do we have with us? Please introduce him. Uh, I believe they call him Tom. They do. The Tom. Since when? Uh, published author Thomas Willett. Yes. Ooh. Well, Amazon published. Yes. If you Wait, want to count. That counts. I count it. That, that counts because anyone can publish on Amazon. You just got to have something to publish. There you go. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Sure, why not? In the plugs section. Yeah. Uh, but but what are we about? Why are we here? Why are we in people's ears? We're here to talk about movies, a little bit of TVD, a little bit of uh, TVD. You know? Yeah. See your, see your doctor about you that. You gotta catch it. We've got our box office top 10 we're gonna go through. We've got what's coming out. And then we got a review for not one, but two movies. Yes. Those are should we should we talk about them right now? Just yeah, so we'll say are. what they are. It's top five, and Foxcatcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then of course we go into new in theaters, and we bring back that gem, that yeah. favorite. Guess the ending. Guess the ending. Yep. You'll never guess how it ends. Except we will. Except we will. Yeah, because that's that's the game. They'll never do it, but no. we will. Oh boy. Yep. And we're all in for the fun. Mm-hmm. So let's get to it for the top ten. Yes. Uh, Tom, you don't look ready. Yeah, because no one forwarded me the email. Oh, my God. Oh, Here, just read off of this. All right, so what's our top five of the top ten here? (laughs) The top five of the top ten? Catch the fox of the top five ten. All right, count me down. Wait, I need to see it, too. (laughs) Uh, This number is not number ten. Big Hero 6. Uh, who got in trouble because he was a number nine. The gambler. And he uh, wanted to bet it all on number eight. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1? If you would rather see it uh, not in two parts, but in one, you would play number seven. The Imitation Game. Which is definitely also what number six played. Annie! Um, or you could get lost in number five. Okay. A little long here, but stick with me on this one. Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. <laughs> that works. Uh, and you know who you'll find there? Number four. The Woman in Black 2, Angle of Death. Uh, and she will be number three. Unbroken. Because she didn't go into number two. Into the woods. Which you'd have to hide in uh, because of number one. The Battle of the Top Five Armies. Uh, I, I, you did the the secret of the Tom. I looked at the judges, and they said we'll allow it. So yes. good job. Yeah. The B is silence. Yep, definitely. So this is interesting. We haven't talked about this before because we've been on hiatus. Yes. But this is the third week in the row the Hobbits in the top spot. I find that kind of crazy. I was not aware of that. Yes. Who allowed this? Who do I call? Oh, we need to call Are, multiple people. We got to call someone. You're right. Who? Did, did you allow this, Tom? I haven't seen it. I waited a year until I saw the other one. But, I mean... Tom's on a, on a Hobbit delay. Isn't this yes. kind of a lull time for movies, though, at the beginning uh, of January? Because, I mean, if you look at the last couple of weeks, we've got The Gambler, uh-huh. Annie, Not at the Museum, 
uh, Unbroken, Into the Woods, which has been getting some good buzz. Like, well, the the crazy thing, people usually say end of the years when Oscar movies start coming out, mm-hmm. but for for them to actually get released for people to see them, you usually have to wait until January. That's what I'm doing right now with right. like a most violent year, and um, what's the other one? There's another one that I just inherent vice inherent vice I really there's another another I really want to see those there's like and they're not here they're just not it's like oh January 12th maybe 16th who knows I really wish they put out yeah I don't know because I I listened to a UK podcast and they talked about those movies last month yeah well and then critics get them like months ago so that's another thing that's just kind of frustrating uh and you, you you look at, I think everyone's a little bit thrown off. I know we don't really talk about news anymore, and it's not on the top ten, but but the interview right. that was supposed to come out on Christmas, mm-hmm. and it didn't, and I think it would be in this top ten if it, it did. Would. Uh, I went into a theater and saw it because, nice. yeah, right. that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. That was my <laughs> plan when it was supposed to come out all the way back in August or whatever. Right, right. So I didn't care that, who cares about North Korea? Agreed. This looked funny. Right. I'm going to go see it. But yes. it's not here because it didn't get a wide release. Of course. There's there's a couple of weird things like that. Like, and the only reason, like, Annie's up there is it's a kid's film. Like, right. people feel safe taking their kids to it, so <laughs> you're going to get a lot of money out of that. I don't know. It's just, whatever. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a I think in a month, time everything movies. will look a little bit better. Good. But maybe that's just, that's just me being hopeful. I mean, I'm glad Imitation Game's up there. Right. That was a great film. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Unbroken. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm seeing everything now. That's just the way I live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you live life one movie at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Hobbit, three three weeks? Yep. Top is... spot, all three weeks. Good Lord. And then I'm actually surprised Big, Big Hero 6 is still up there. Me too, that nine came out, weeks. what, Thanksgiving? Right. I mean, that's... Whew. That's impressive. Aren't we tired of that yet? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'll go see it again. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just trying to think of what else came, came out that could knock it off, but I, nothing really... No, look at this list. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the funny thing is, is Woman in Black one. I heard it wasn't good. I never saw it, but people are saying that the Woman in Black two is actually pretty good. Pretty good horror movie. Who cares? <laughs> it says people with bad taste. Stupid horror movies. Well, and it's just another. It's on the. It's on the top ten because it's a horror film where right. there's no other. No other I horror mean, films. Uh, because I've been looking at every movie that comes out. Uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, we had something called The Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, people go looking for a mummy, and they find a mummy. Oh, that's right. scary. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And you go into the bottom of the well on this one. Or the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. This one, it's like, oh, there's a spooky house in a swamp. I wonder what's going to happen, guys. It's also World S- War Two or something. Stop me if you heard this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you well, want a scarier uh, uh, war film, go see Unbroken. That's what... Nice. That's what you do. I hear you. So uh, 127.27 million for this week. I mean, nothing to really talk about there. Uh, but we'll see how it compares the next week when more movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get to the new releases. Uh, I'll read these. This is this is new releases on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Boyhood. See it? Of course. I found it delightful. Are we all going to buy it? Um, not right away, but eventually. It- it's not in my top five, but it's number six nice. for the year. Nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to keep making top five jokes. Are they gonna, <laughs> I wonder if this like special Blu-ray release has like all 12 years' worth of footage. Probably. Like, Here's six great. Blu-rays. Isn't that yes. supposed Enjoy. to be coming out on Criterion later? Of course. It's so why buy it now? Why not just rent it? Okay. Tom, That's next true. time you're doing like a top five thing, you say it at the end of the podcast. See if anyone caught it the 17 times you do it. Okay, I'm up to what? Seven? Yep. Okay. We just started. No, you're up to you're up to five. Whoa! 
You're at the top. Rank my top so, five <laughs> moments. Top five moments. <laughs> Next on DVD Blu-ray, get on up. Did anyone see this? Did you I see saw it. it. What would you think? Well, I really enjoyed the performance of James Brown, but I feel it was very conventional. Otherwise, like the only thing interesting was how it was edited, where they jump around from like when he was older to younger, and I didn't really understand what the point of it all was, mm-hmm. but it kept me interested, even though it was all basically typical things from a biopic. Story. Okay, cool. But I really enjoyed the James Brown performance, and I think it's sad that he was being overlooked during award season here. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Chadwick Boseman, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Jackie Robinson. He's our future Black Panther. <clears throat> yeah, he's good. I like his work. Uh, then we have, on DVD and Blu-ray, Horns, which... I, it's it's crazy how little it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. I think it was in theaters for a minute. It's because no one showed up. They just showed the opening credits and no one was there. And, and they was, realized that no one was in any theater in any weird. any of the theaters in the <laughs> continental United States. Yeah. So they said shut it down. In yeah. Hawaii and Alaska, though, yes. Yeah, is that continental packed, ho- United States. Is that, in Alaska and Hawaii, packed. It's that full to the brim. That's Daniel Radcliffe yeah. has horns. Oh, I thought it was the Angelina Jolie one where she has horns. No. What's I with would, all the people I would with be horns? There day one for that one. <laughs> Uh, wait, I was. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, it's also weird because this is based on a what's his name, Joe Hill, mm-hmm. and that he he's the son of Stephen King. Yep. And he like people like his it's supposed to be a really books. good book. Like it's crazy how little money this made. You have Harry Potter in a in a book adaptation by the son of Stephen King. Well, I think what happened, everyone. Not to get a little deep here, but I think Listeners? we have a highly religious America looking at a. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's spawning what looks like devil horns. Yeah. And it kind of was people were like, I don't want to see that because I love my Harry Potter and I don't want to see him having anything to do with the devil. <laughs> Except that's why they boycotted the it's books. Cer- not all of them did. Some of them. Yeah. Just certain churches. Enough of them. Enough of them. <clears throat> yeah, because that really stopped J.K. Rowling, huh? J.K. Rowling. She's did. still writing short stories. Yeah, she she made no money. On Harry Potter yeah. because of all that boycotting. It's a shame. She's that's why she's still writing. She's pretty she's much trying to squeeze out every destitute. last. I was walking. From that. I was walking to work the other day yeah. and she was just sitting in a box writing a short story. Yeah, she I came like, up to you. She said, "Was followed. it a nice <laughs> followed? Was it a nice box? It was really nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Over on TVD, uh, we got Archer, the complete season five. People it's, still watch it apparently. Oh, I love that show. I, I like it a lot. I, I love that but show. But it, it's it, the way that FX does their shows. I was like a season behind and never knew it. Oh yeah. I was just like, it, what? There's a whole season I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like it's always sunny. Like I think I'm three behind just because I don't know. I don't know how to watch this. Well, they didn't air a season last year, so you can't be that far behind. Maybe just two. Maybe two. Uh, then we have Girls, the complete third season. Tom, you still on that? Yeah, I'm still on that. Still is it good? Good? I still think it's really good. Are you looking forward to, uh, what's his name, Adam's uh, upcoming performance in Star Wars? Um, yep. I don't know. I don't really like Star Wars, so I can't comment. <laughs> Isn't Star Wars? You, Star Wars is trying to trick you right now. Yeah. Though, putting in all the people you like into this but, film. But yeah, it's not fair. But that's kind it's of got the point. kid from he's, Attack the Block. What's going on here? But is he, is he a good actor? <laughs> well, I think he is fine for playing that awkward, weird friend. Okay. So Adam Driver's going to be the awkward, weird villain. I have no he's problem with that. He's going to, like, skulk um, in, and he's going to be like, hey, guys. You have the force, Luke. I know I know. we're not doing news, <laughs> but since we're on the Star Wars band, uh, did you guys see that? Have you guys seen The Raid? I'm sorry. I yeah. really like Tom's Adam Driver was impression. Really that was, was really good. It was really good. Thank you. Um, so the, the, the three main guys in The Raid series 
main, okay. main dude, and both the crazy dude, Mad Dog from the first movie and the assassin from the second movie. Oh, sure. They're all going to be in Star Wait, Wars. Wait, which assassin from the second movie? The one that looked like <laughs> Mad Dog but actually wasn't. Isn't that the same guy? Oh, no, 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 no. It's you're the, thinking of something else. No, no, you're right. It's Mad Dog and Mad then the, Dog and the, the, the... Baseball guy or, or Knife Lady? Knife, Knife, no, not, uh, Hammer Girl. Hammer Girl. <laughs> baseball guy. There you go. And then there's Knife Dude, the assassin. The one with oh, the knife, knife that, he has, that he throws down within oh, the kitchen. God. Him. So the <gasps> three like main dudes in those movies are going to Star Wars. That, I didn't read that article, but is that really confirmed? Yeah, confirmed. How confirmed is that? Uh, uh, I think it was J.J. Um, Abrams said... I'm bringing these three dudes so we can oh, have okay. some cool lightsaber battles. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> I'd rather see him kick I hope that's and a punch. Quote. No, a direct quote. He's like, I love these he dudes. He's on that little card like Bring he does for in. everything. Yep. He just threw... <laughs> Bring them in. Do you like these three dudes? I like these three dudes. <laughs> Let's have some lightsaber here's, battles. Here's what I like to think that J.J. Abrams does. Just He doesn't speak at all on set. He just no. writes on those little cards he and throws only, them at people. Only cards. He has an assistant that just carries a stack, a stack of cards. stack of cards, yeah. Yep. That's... <laughs> It was it was a really interesting way to direct films. Hey, it works though. It does. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Just every actor's like, all right, I can work with this. I yeah. can do this. It's better than them yelling at me, <laughs> right? But yeah, I like girls. It's a good show. Cool. <clears throat> I forgot how we got on that. <laughs> so, uh, also, Glee, the complete fifth season. Is I, Glee Fantasy League still a thing? Nope. Damn. Benson dropped it. Uh, community goodness. Fantasy League is still a thing, and it will be coming back because of Yahoo Screen's saving of community. Yahoo Serious? Yes. Okay. Uh, he's, in fact, I mean, I'm sure you know he's the CEO of, of Yahoo, hmm. obviously. That's why he's got the name. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why he named the website. It's After like a himself. chicken and egg thing. Yeah, you know, right. you ask him, he doesn't mm-hmm. really know. Yep. Uh, I only put that there because I still watch Glee, and I'm ashamed. I'm sorry, guys. I'm ashamed for you. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, really, it it should have gotten better, and it didn't. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. That's all Haven't I'm they say. graduated by now? Yes, and that was great. That actually allowed the show to do a lot of interesting things. And then five episodes in, they were just like, oh, shit, we got to bring back all the people that graduated for no reason. And they did, and it was terrible. Like, what? they should have left them. They sent them off to New York. And I was like, great, they're in New York. <laughs> and these new kids, are they're fine. And then, nah, they're just like, oh, they're coming back. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me mad. <laughs> Because it's not even like they have new characters. It's just like stereotypes that they just fill in the slots. The slots. I said the more, with an O. The more, <laughs> the more, more you talk. speak, the less I respect you. Who helps the wheelchair kid around? Um, no, he can did, walk now. There's a goal. I wish. Fourth, fourth season. He's actually the, the best dancer. <laughs> I'm not. That's not a joke. They do a lot of dream sequences ringing, where he gets to dance. What a ringing endorsement of that show. <laughs> that the guy in the wheelchair is the best dancer. No, he went to film school. What the hell did they do with him? He was in New York. He got an STD. You right. know. What? I don't. Whoa. I'm don't worry about less it. Less respect. <laughs> Let me just repeat that from earlier. <laughs> Boy. All right. So, girls, go buy that one. Yeah. <laughs> not Glee. Was that uh, it? I mean, if we do have uh, a recommendation for this week, I think it's Boyhood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, if we want to be Yahoo serious about it. Most definitely. All right. So now we're going to get to our review. We have a double review. Uh, should we do them in the order listed? Why not? Okay. I don't so, know the order. Top well, five and then Foxcatcher. Okay. Okay. You you cool with that? Yeah. Cool. I'm cool. All right. All right. Uh, we'll give you our review of top five right after this. What's up? This is Andre Allen. And when I listen to satellite radio... I listen to Serious Hits 1. That's good. Just uh, 
Just make it a little funnier. Funnier? Put a little stank on it. Stank. Nice and funny. Go. What's up, mother? This is mother Andre Allen. Or scratch my nuts, that is. First take was good. In 2005, Time Magazine voted today's guest the funniest man in America. By 2010, the former stand-up hit it big with Hammy the Bear 1, 2, and 3. You got Hammy time! It's Hammy time! You can also see him getting married to reality star Erica Long. Where's my kiss? Do we have to do this on camera? Not on camera. It doesn't exist. I don't feel like doing funny movies anymore. I don't feel funny. Save some of that stuff for your Times interview. I just want a decent story. You give me a couple of really honest things, I will be more than fair. This is Chelsea Brown. She's doing a story on me. No snitching. Come to me, baby girl. I'm going to turn over like an apple pie. You know what? You just ate an apple pie, you fat mother. I love myself. Things are changing. You need to wake up and smell the progress. No, 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 no. You ain't never change. Thank God things hey, change. look at this. Black man trying to get a cab in New York City. Taxi, taxi, yeah! Do you think the wedding is hurting me? Are you kidding me? Andre, this thing flops. We could be talking dancing with the stars, man. Hold on, hold on. What is going on? What's I going to run to? Zoolander's in the conference room. Vince still is in the company. These white people don't tell me. Why don't you just skip the hat questions and go right to something good? All right. How come you're not funny anymore? Everybody's funny or drunk. You ever see Oprah drunk? She's hysterical. This is my town. Anything you need, you let the brother know. We drink, serve. You want some of this, sir? I got married a lot of times. I wasn't into the wedding. I should have been into the guy, as you should be into the girl. My top five is Jay, Nas, Scarface, Rakim, and then I might let Biggie get in there. My sixth man is LL Cool J. Before the show! Before the show! Hey, Dre, you mind if I get some of them hangers, man? I need some wood and hangers. Oh, damn it. They got the... They got the lock on them. They got the lock on them. They hip to your boy. All right, guys. Top five, written, directed, and starring Christopher Rock. You threw me off for a second there. It's like, whoa. Christopher. I read that wrong. Yeah, you have to yep. put some stank on it. Yep. Put some, put some, uh, put some, uh, you know, stank. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I saw this, like, a couple of weeks ago, so I hope I remember... Uh, I only saw a few minutes ago, so I hope I remember it. <laughs> good. Uh, I did a double feature yesterday. Oh, good. Wow, that must be really depressing and, and what awkward. Was, your, like was it first idiot. or second, and what was after or before it? Top five first. It should have been my second. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Just two. Uh, what? What was number two? Foxcatcher. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you saw both? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, I, uh, it was done for two reasons. One, I did in that order, fo- uh, top five yeah. and Foxcatcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, uh, the theaters were right next to each other, so I didn't have to buy two tickets because I oh. just walked out, turned right, and walked into the next one. Yeah. Um, and then I woke up late, so I didn't get to eat. And oh. the movie started at noon, so I didn't get to eat food until 5 p.m. So I made a God. lot of mistakes that day. Well, that's um, painful. I want to talk to you about your future. <sighs> a diet is a thing worth eating. It's uh. crazy. But yeah, I should have seen them in the other. So order. basically, top five is uh, it's it's a comedy film mm-hmm. uh, featuring a character uh, kind of like Chris Rock. Uh, it's a it's a comedian who becomes a comic actor. Uh, he makes a lot of money, and now he wants to do serious films. Yep. And he just doesn't feel like being funny anymore. And the whole entire film is uh, is an interview between himself and a New York Times, I believe, reporter. 
I think it was just yes. Time Magazine. No, it was New York Times. Really? Yeah, uh, because there's that there's a conversation with Kevin Hart where he's like, "It's New York Times." Right. Oh, and that's that's the played by the lovely and wonderful Rosario uh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know he like it's 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 just about like celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. Like we get down to it. I think it was right. I, that's that's what I really liked about it. Like it, I feel like it actually had something to say about you know a, a rise to the top. Like because even though it's a comedy, under underneath it, it's actually like a little bit dark. Yeah. 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 Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Bueller. Don't want to get too serious, guys. I'm looking up a movie because I watched. I watched a movie in one of my film courses mm-hmm. where, um, I think I talked about it on the podcast, cannot remember the name, but it's about a director who made comedy films, uh, I think it was during the 20s, mm-hmm. and uh, he made a whole bunch of comedy film films, and then he had this turn where he's like, no, I want to do serious work. I want people to take me seriously. I want to... I wanna, I want to like make people think, and I want to do change. I want to do important work. Mm. And he kind of goes on this uh, road trip, but every single time he leaves, he's drawn back to the city where he works, like L.A. Hollywood, uh-huh. and he keeps trying to go. And eventually, he does get out of where you know out to where he's trying to do. To he's looking for something important mm. to film. Are, are you talking about Sullivan's Travels? Yes, oh. exactly. You've seen it. Um, I've heard about it. It's really good. I assume he eventually he eventually like through a, a a total like misidentity and like misunderstanding with a police officer he ends up being sentenced into prison huh. and he works for like seven years in a prison camp and he huh. realizes because they end up showing his movies in the prison camp mm-hmm. that his comedic work was making a difference to people it was providing people relief in hard times okay and so he realizes that his work was important and everything so when he comes back he starts he goes back to work that reminded me of this uh-huh. because it's a man who did comedic stuff but instead of like he wants to see himself as important but instead of a i need people to take me seriously which in in all in all respects in top five he does say that yeah uh, it's because he's worried about he can't be funny anymore because he quit drinking yeah and he it's, was yeah this movie's about alcoholism something. it's about alcoholism and, and addiction yeah like some heavy stuff for a comedy movie mm-hmm. and but as with Sullivan's Travels he realizes in the end that a he can still be funny and that does make a difference to people mm-hmm. that is important in itself so. I mean, really I don't cool. know if that's what uh, Chris Rock's character realizes by the end of by the end of Top Five. Well, he realizes that. I think he realizes that uh, maybe it's not the answer to go so serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he also he realizes that maybe maybe he's overblown his own self. Like he feels like he feels more important than he actually is. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that maybe he doesn't understand himself as a person mm-hmm. because he has that wonderful moment with DMX in jail. <laughs> <laughs> where he realizes DMX That's a sentence that no one else yeah, will ever say in life. DMX is good at one thing. Uh-huh. And he's really good at that one thing. Yeah. But he shouldn't stray out of that because he may want to do other stuff but he may not be that good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's not his calling. So it's like finding what you're supposed to be good at, what your what your your role is in life and kind of owning it and stuff like that because mm-hmm. that's kind of how he gets back to it. Mm-hmm. He realize, he realizes that hey, he may want to do this other thing, but maybe he shouldn't. Maybe that's not what he's good at. So he gets back to it. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
uh, what I found really funny is like there's not a lot like there's there's jokes, but it's not like a joke movie. You know what I mean? It's not like stand up the whole time. It's more funny situations, which no, I they really love. They put in like um, like I've I've read this as a complaint in reviews, not of this film, but of other films where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it feels like a bunch of skits tied together. And like mm-hmm. this one has kind of that feel because they do like little flashbacks or stories that they tell, mm-hmm. where where a character will say like, oh, uh, and then this happened, and then they tell, and then a whole scene is about that weird story that happened. But what I love, but is I like it, it ties in. It yes. feels, yeah, it's a good progression. It doesn't it doesn't like, hey, we're gonna put in a skit here because it's funny. It's not an SNL show. It's more of like, no, this. This is the story of his life, and this is was important, and they just all sort of happen to be funny stories. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. What did you guys think of the whole Cinderella tie-in? Pretty much the whole movie. There's there's elements of Cinderella throughout. Uh, you know, I thought there would be more. So I like how it I tied thought, back in at the end. Sure. I was more intrigued um, from like an a, a weird outside perspective. So part of the plot in this film is that. He has made a, a serious dramatic film about uh, some kind of Haitian riot. Uprising. Upri- it's called Uprising is the yeah. film. And that's and it's about uh, Haitian slaves who who kill a bunch of white guys. They're, they're slaves. To owners. release themselves, yeah, yeah, from captivity. And th- then the part of the joke in this film is that nobody goes to see that. Instead, they go to see Tyler Perry's, you know... Ghost Medea. Ghost Medea? Yeah. yeah. It was Medea, she, she gets haunted by a ghost or something. So this film, this actual top five was filmed over a year ago Yep. Uh, when they made it. And it was actually filmed before 12 Years a Slave came out. Wow. So th- I, think, I think Chris Rock was trying to critique people for not taking like films featuring like slavery or that kind of d- drama theme to it seriously. Mm-hmm. But then t- 12 Years a Slave comes out and kind of debunks that yeah. in a way. And I don't know if that... Maybe but I feel I feel like they got away from that because whenever they talked about the movie, they always said that people don't want to go to see a bunch of white people getting killed yeah. because the movie is, I mean, they show it every single time. It's about uh, Haitian slaves massacring like a hundred white people, mm-hmm. and that's the whole movie yeah. is them just going around killing white people. So it's a little different than Twelve Years of Slave. No, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not saying they're exactly the same. Uh, no, I think I you're think, right. I think you're right, but I, I think, think that's they the tried, idea. They tried to get away from that by just saying, "Well, this is a movie where you kill a bunch of white people." Yeah. No, it's in in Top Five. It's meant to be like jokingly yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Like we see scenes from it, oh, and it it's just horrible. not not good acting. Uh, but I I think it's also his comment on like, oh yeah, people don't audiences won't go to see this, and then something like Twelve Years a Slave comes out that I think. Maybe disproves that, but see, but I think, that's not like that's not too much at the core of the film. That I think it changes I the think, message. I think it's kind of at the core of the film because it makes fun of itself. Like him saying, "Nothing's changed. Look, a black man can't get a uh, a taxi, and he sure. gets it second try." Like mm-hmm. it kind of is poking fun at itself in that way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom, um, let's see. <laughs> well, what do you all say is good and all, but I wasn't really into this story. I mean, I appreciate it from more of a directorial standpoint of, like, the opening scene is him just talking about presidents, making jokes like that, and that was cool. That was just one long, continuous shot, and how, as the movie went on, it began to splice in different moments, and it would, like, kind of inception on itself, where it start one moment, start another, start another, then close off each moment. Like, I feel like Chris Rock's doing a lot of interesting stuff by mixing um uh, urban interest with more uh, art house elements, and 
I, I really like the film in that way, and I like how the film ended, but I don't know if I necessarily got a lot out of the crass humor, even though we've admitted it's not humor, and I feel like I appreciate more for what he's trying to do as opposed to what he actually did do. Okay. See, I love I loved the travel nature of the film, the way they were kind of moving. It was like a day in a life of, you know, a B or A celebrity yeah. and, like, what he's doing. and But also it made New York kind of a character and the way he was traveling yeah. through it and going to different places and it would highlight different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, The other thing I enjoyed was the um, kind of the interplay between him and his fiance and the way, like... It was a commentary on like the the characters we play for the public mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and how they differ from who the person actually is, and the way she kind of broke down on him on the phone at the end and stuff like that. It shows like like everyone was kind of playing a character, mm-hmm. and no no one really wanted to admit it to each other, you know. And that that's yeah. like an interesting concept in the way we treat celebrities and movie stars and stuff in, in our society and how that can wear on people and kind of change the way they act and the way they live their lives. Yeah. And I, I found that interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I just uh, wondered, because um, they call the film Top 5, mm-hmm. and then throughout the film, other characters are asking each other what, what their Top 5 is. And mm-hmm. this is, hello, I'm Andrew. I don't know anything about music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what they're talking about? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about, is it specifically rappers or yeah. just, yeah. okay. Yep. Because my top five would be zero. I don't, I don't know anything about music, yeah. let alone rappers. So uh, I just wonder if someone who did know more about that would, would get more of a perspective on perhaps why the film was called that or what each character's choices would portray about them. Yeah, Because I, think I did notice that Rosario Dawson's list was very different from everyone else's. Mm-hmm. It was very eclectic. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. I mean, it was just another wrinkle to their character. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was like a, 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 a through line, you know, something that connected each of the characters, even though they're all different. Mm-hmm. They have a top five. They have something. It's important to them and kind of defines them as who they are. So I thought it was cool. And I also liked the interplay because you realize at the end of the movie that not only did she, spoilers, leave her her shoe in his gift bag, but he also left his cell phone with her daughter. Oh, yeah. So they both left each other something. Didn't you? I thought he bought like a new cell phone for the daughter. No, because remember, after a certain point, he's like, oh, my cell phone is dead. But he didn't have a cell phone for a long time. He was using other people's cell phones to make phone calls. Mm, okay. Okay, I thought it was someone else's. Okay, or it was a new one. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I know Tom's saying he didn't find it very funny, but I... I found it more interesting how he approached it more than the actual subject matter, because it's been done before, like in Sullivan's Travels, mm-hmm. Eight and a Half, Stardust Memories. Like the, These are all just plays on the same subject, so it's interesting to have an urban perspective, but... I don't know that's necessarily doing anything new in that way. Is this his first, like, directorial written thing? This is actually his third. Third? There was Hev State, I Think I Love My Wife, and then this one. Okay. He wrote and directed both of those others? I can't confirm, but I know he directed them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and oh, we didn't even really talk about, uh, there's like a, also a running gag about um, the character that he played that made him a lot of money. In Hammy. Hammy the Bear, which is, it, I think... That's maybe a commentary on his Madagascar role. Yeah. Because 
it's it's a character <clears throat> where his face is invisible. He's isn't, in, isn't he's he in an in animal. Shrek, isn't he in Shrek too? No. No. That's Eddie Murphy. Is it? It's because Ed, they bring Eddie up Eddie Murphy, Murphy in the movie. A they lot. bring up Bill Cosby, and that made me like, oh, they, yeah. But I could tell oh, they, they cut a segment because he talks a lot about every actor. But then Bill Cosby, he, he just says storyteller, and then it just cuts <laughs> hard cuts. Yeah, smart. Yep. I mean, you can't get rid of him fully. Nope. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like an interesting way to make a commentary on on being famous for. Not necessarily your actual acting, but like just just using your voice. Because he, Chris Rock, he, um, I can't remember if it was an Oscars or some something. Yeah, where he, what, you're talking about the voice acting joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the Oscars. Yeah, he made a joke about voice acting and, uh, and how easy it is. Yeah, he, he wrote uh, the other two as well. Okay. I think I'll my wife and head of state. Right. He, or he did the screenplay for I. Think I know I've he- I've seen head of state. Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago. Long time ago. Uh, that was a delightful romp. Yeah, I. Th- I think I mean he should make more movies. I don't know. Yes. This isn't this is not it's terrible. Lot, this it's is a lot more hard. enjoyable than when he plays a sporting role and he just hacks it up. Yeah. I think personally. Grown ups. Well, that's one of them. Yeah, he puts a lot of himself into it and yeah. I like what he's doing. Yeah, cuz I like his stamina and you just don't see it in his acting too much. So at least in top 5 I feel like you get a sense of of him in the role. There's more layers, there's more sides yeah. to his characters. It's really nice. Yeah. Everything was well written. I I enjoyed Though I don't think I mean like his family was wonderful like his whole flashback experience that made him quit drinking was hilarious yeah and sad like <laughs> all at super once super sad it was yeah. just like oh <laughs> oh god Ooh. Uh, but yeah that would make someone quit drinking yeah. <laughs> yep so how exactly did they make Hammy the beer though without him knowing well he they, he licensed the name yeah out. I'm sure he doesn't he, if if he, he didn't create that character and he, didn't he, have to and he hates that character I'm sure he sold the rights yeah but. Why would there be Hammy the beer? Who would want to drink a bear about with a bear from a movie? Well, who would like a who would like any of those dumb movies? Like this is just the world where (sighs) he's a bear man in a bear suit who's also a cop. Like that didn't it didn't make sense and that was on purpose. I want to understand the real world equivalent of Hammy the beer. Okay, we'll we'll think of one. Give us some time. (laughs) Think of one. I've got the internet at my fingertips. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh, All right, let's shift gears. Uh, let's we'll stop talking about top five. Uh, I would, but I would recommend it. Um, yeah, let's yeah. stop talking about top five and we'll right. shift gears. We'll move into uh, Foxcatcher in just a moment. Do you have any idea who I am? Why I asked you to come here today? No. I wanted to speak with you about your future. What do you hope to achieve, Mark? I want to be the best in the world. I am a patriot. I want to see this country soar again. Coaches, a father. Coaches, a mentor. Coach has great power on the athlete's life. We're going to do great things, Mark. I'm going to give you everything I have. All right, guys. Foxcatcher, uh, based on a true story. You're going to talk about that, I feel, in a minute. Hold on. Jordan, what? There is a Hobbit brand beer that's based on the character. Oh, and you know what? There's a... um, Now we get it all out. There's a Game of Thrones beer. Yep. There's There's Game of Thrones beers. There's all kinds of beers made based off of... 
off of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Okay, fine. Glad, glad we wrapped that up. Okay, yeah. so but but uh, what I like is Hammy the Beer, the Hammy the Bear. I like to play on words. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like that that made him mad. Oh. God, I said we were going to stop talking about top five. <laughs> just kept on going. I'm sorry. I told you I had the internet. In my I think we're a little bit reluctant to talk about this film. Uh, no, let's go. Which ahead. is Foxcatcher, uh, directed by Bennett Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on a true story of, of two wrestling brothers. Based. And uh, uh, a, a rich man. Very rich man. The, and you know what's funny? So his name was familiar to me. His name is something, whatever. DuPont, DuPont right? Mm-hmm. That's the last name. And I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And at some point in the film, like they mentioned, like what is part of the, some of the things that the company does. I've seen DuPont labels because I work at a hospital and that's like chemical stuff. And I was like, oh, oh. Company still exists. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. I don't like it now. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I feel dirty. <laughs> like, ooh. Ooh, I work with this stuff? Foxcatcher. <clears throat> anyway, uh, what is there to say? Jordan, break down this true story nonsense. I feel like you have a lot to say about that. Oh, I did. I did. Because you have a link. See, the interesting thing was um, before this movie, I I always stay away from reviews before I watch a movie we're going to review. After I see a movie and I kind of formulate my own opinion, write some notes down, then I'll read other reviews to kind of see just the landscape of opinions and how they vary and what other people think. And then, uh, but before I saw this movie... I saw an article where uh, the, 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 the person that this is based on, Mark Schultz, uh, he was pretty fervent about the fact that there's a lot of discrepancies in the actions of what happened. And this being not a documentary but a, a fiction film and knowing in the past the social network and how that varied from what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And pretty much every person in that film came out after that movie came out and said, yeah, that didn't happen like that. Um, like... There's always uh, a director's and a screenwriter's uh, ability to kind of tell a tell a story and make implications with the film that aren't necessarily true to life. Um, but at the same time, based on what happens in this film, it would be understandable for someone to say that didn't happen that way because they're either ashamed or you know hurt by what happened and they don't want to kind of own it and be seen as someone who went through something like that. So this movie makes some rather serious claims about the relationship between different characters in the film. And Mark Schultz has come out and said that didn't happen that way. That is completely false in that. Channing Tatum, he actually, this is a quote, uh, I'm paraphrasing. He said, Channing Tatum did a fantastic job, but he used my, my persona and my person as a starting off point and a basis for his character and then kind of went in his own direction with it. So uh, yeah, since I watched this movie, I actually bought Mark Schultz's uh, like account of it on Amazon. Like It published uh, the day the movie came out. Yeah, he, he timed that. Yeah, just right. <laughs> and um, so I bought that. I've got it on Kindle. I'm going to read through it, see what he has to say about it. But I find it really interesting that he has so fervently come out kind of against what the story's purporting happened. And um, I don't know, as we go through it, we, I guess we can kind of discuss why he would say it didn't happen that way. And, uh, because it doesn't paint really anybody except for his brother Dave in a good light. Like every, there are not and that's a on lot. Purpose. Yeah, there are not a lot. Well, yes, of course. There are not a lot of good people 
in this movie. Like, the, but what I think is interesting, I, I, I'm not finding this information at my fingertips on the internet like, like you'll be able to, but uh, when, whenever they make a film like this that's whatever based on true events, uh, it's usually more based on a book, yep. which is one person's accounting or an autobiographer or, mm-hmm. or a biographer's accounting of yep. what happened, which is, which is always through a lens. Yep. Uh, even memory just gets distorted through time. But Mark Schultz is saying that it's not even based on his book, which is the only book about it. Yeah. So if if the people this might be this based movie, on like the article or the something, articles about article. it, because there was yeah. a lot of coverage of this. Because at the time. With, you you brought up the social network that was based on uh, what was that called, the Accidental Billionaire yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. And uh, what what I remember um, Zuckerberg was saying after the film came out was that all the clothing was correct, which was weird. <laughs> Like every That's piece funny. of clothing he wore in the film was exactly what he wore in those moments. Yeah, but like, like he said, nothing else was right. Yep. Um, well, let's be real here. Uh, Aaron Sorkin writes make believe dialogue that no one actually uses in real life, but it sounds really it's so nice. Beautiful. Like, it's it's like, beautiful. Oh, he's a fan of hindsight. Yeah, I want <laughs> I want everyone to talk like that, but no one does talk. Like I just that. watched. Have you seen the video Sorkinisms? No. Oh man! Uh, isn't there two of them? I saw the first I've, one. I've seen the first one. Oh man! You <laughs> do to, not realize. I need to watch how it. much he cribs like his own stuff. I mean, like it's not. Some of it's like, yeah, sure. Like some of these phrases are pretty common. Yeah. But the fact that he uses them so much, like I loved. Sometimes it would just be two, like mm-hmm. two two movies or two shows or whatever. But other times it was like five or six, like across <laughs> decades. That's freaking awesome. He's just like writing the same words over. Hey and man, over. if they work, they work. <laughs> it was yeah. funny. Like it was really funny. <laughs> I gotta see those. That's cool. Yeah, that's great um, stuff. Anyway, what was I? Oh, so real life events, blah blah blah. Uh, Mark and David Schultz. Uh, oh, but so that's the the basic of basic whatever of the film is that John Dupont. Uh, he's a very rich man. He wants to be the official wrestling sponsor, training ground for uh, the Olympics or something. Uh, world championships. He he basically wants to form a private club. That trains uh, like America's best wrestlers and for this the is, World this Championships is, and the next Olympics. Like I don't I I don't know how to word this without offending Benson, but uh, this is real wrestling. This yeah. is uh, this sport is, wrestling. Uh, this, this is, is not, not professional wrestling. Yeah, this is collegiate wrestling. Oh, okay, yeah, you made that sound nice. I made it sound like <laughs> I used to, I used to I'm wrestle in person. school, so yeah. yeah. Okay, I know I know the phrases. Good. Uh, maybe you also understood some of the other stuff going on. Because, like, uh, so they have to, like, the way that they train, and then that leads to the Olympics. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's basically the way they were training was a combination of conditioning and strength training, Mm -hmm. and then they would do technique where they would just practice over and over again. And then a lot of the times they'd watch videos like you do in other sports of Mm -hmm. the way people people work in the ring. I have to say I did love those moments in the film where they had a VHS they were watching VHS. Like, yes. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> oh, I can see the scan lines from here. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I, I love the 90s, 80s, whenever this happened. Yep. So, so it yeah. starts in 85, 86. Um, not the movie. The movie does some real spacey, wacy, timey, wimey crap. Yeah, I heard about that. It uh, didn't bother me when I was watching it, obviously. Yeah, but. Because I had no idea. After, t- I mean, I did a lot of research. I went to like a whole bunch of different pages and articles and stuff like that. And, uh, more so than I normally do. And just because I think the movie really affected me by the end, and we'll get to that later, but uh, it, it starts about... Because they go to the 84 Olympics and everything's real good, but then Mark Schultz kind of loses perspective and kind of becomes unhappy with his life. And that's when DuPont kind of swings in around 85, 86. Uh, they train. Um, he wins the World Olympics. 
and then he wins another set of World Olympics, which it doesn't show in the film. Um, they go to 88, and then he just has that horrible fight. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't show it in the film that there's a jump. But between the Olympics, when Mark leaves, Dave continues on as coach, and then what happens, the tragic event, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually like seven years. Like yeah, does, it doesn't happen until like, like 94, 96. It was not instant like it felt It was in the crazy. Film. And and there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened between them. Like it only shows Dupont in one wrestling bout. He does it like five times. Mm-hmm. Goes to all different places. Even does like one in uh, uh, Belgium, which uh, I'm going to bring up again later because there's a really interesting thing about his will that um, that may or may not contend against with what the movie says happened and mm-hmm. what Mark Schultz says happened and okay. what may have happened there. So a little bit of backstory, but I don't know what. It, where do you guys want to start here? Just at the beginning of the movie? Uh, I want to say just what drew me to this film. Okay. <clears throat> which, there was a lot of buzz, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, Steve Crow was playing a serious role. And that fucking prosthetic and that face. goddamn nose. And his prosthetic, his whole face was prosthetic. Yeah, he was doing, he, either he was doing something or it was, there was something going on. I there. need to look up some video of DuPont in the way he actually spoke, because I'm sure that's what Crow's going for. Yeah. But I saw a picture of DuPont, and they don't really look that close together. Call him Golden Eagle. I'm Golden sorry, Eagle. Eagle. I'm sorry, Eagle. I'm not going to call him Golden Eagle, because that makes me think of Golden That's what people else. call him, though. No. Well, people called him Eagle, too. <laughs> not Eagle, too, but e- Eagle. Yep. Anyway. All right. Wait, ornithologist. What was the word they were trying to ornithologist, say? Ornithologist, anthropologist, philanthropist. Or Philanth- F- uh, philatist or philatist. Philatelist? Philatelist. There we philatelist. go. Okay. Which is actually something. Yeah, it's a... Is it a coin collector? No, it's coin collector is... It's a stamp new, and other postal-related collecting. Anyway. Like, he, he bought the most... Sorry, more backstory. He bought the, the world's rarest stamp uh, for about $900,000. No, I'm not going to... Here's <laughs> what I'm going to say. He's an interesting character. Super interesting. All of... I think even... I'm going to say all the characters were interesting. Yes, DuPont and the two brothers. Yep. They were very interesting. Mark and Dave, they're all very, yeah. It just feels unfortunate to me to, that this film didn't want to make them interesting. Like, the writing was just super boring. Yep. The way that it was shot, super boring. Very still, uh, all the time. And never, like, the point of a film, like, you're supposed to get a perspective on something, mm-hmm. anything. The and by thing- the end of it, I had nothing. I, I felt like I was watching news footage, and it was like, Badly cut news footage. Yeah, you might as well have just done a documentary. I might as well have just read an article. Yeah. Because I got nothing out of it. Like the emotional, there should have been an emotional point where we understood what DuPont, like why he was so mad at the brother. Mm-hmm. And I never got that. Oh, I got it. I mean, yeah. you get it by your own, but you don't get it from Interpretation the Interpretation of the events. And- yeah. Yeah, I got it from the trailer. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. it's not difficult, but it should have it should have played out in the film. The movie started, and I went, I never saw a trailer for this, so I had no idea what I was getting into. Eh. I think I've seen the trailer once. It's it's not, and it's just like at certain points in the film, like they're so preoccupied with showing like like there's like paintings on the wall, uh-huh. and it's just like two minutes of paintings. It's really like, weird. I don't, what am I doing sitting here watching paintings? Like, why am I? <laughs> Watching it was. It was I, I think their intention was to show how much like, because I, I when I when I looked up Dupont and his family like, they are a. It's not a joke. Like they are a dynasty. They they yeah. they came here very early on. Yeah, didn't you watch the ever. VHS? Oh, that we left in your room over and over again. Yeah. Um, and like, and don't look kinda, at the horses. It kind of felt don't like look at the horses. Don't, no, don't look at them. It kind of felt like it was supposed to convey like a weight 
and a responsibility and a like his past, mm-hmm. his his ancestors looking down on him in, in judgment. Yeah. I think that was the point. Yeah. Well, but, and then I would have loved more with his mother. She had like one scene. Yep. Two. And the second the second scene implied there's an interesting turn of phrase that she used, which is a lowly sport, but um, one of the articles I read is an interesting thing because like wrestling is one of the oldest sports. Like mm-hmm. in, in Greek and Roman mythology it's it's what the gods use to decide you know, different outcomes in in uh, space history about like what happened. Like Zeus wrestled other gods yeah. for dominion over the universe, and you know, so in that way, it's kind of like a really important sport in in mm-hmm. that respect. It's one of the oldest. I think but she, she was just sees it as slowly as a bunch of meatheads and a bunch of people rolling around on the ground, which makes another implication on. Well, and I think the film wanted to make that implication, oh, but it, it wasn't allowed. <laughs> I think I think the entire freaking film is that implication between uh, uh, Mark, Mark and Dupont mm-hmm. because there's a well the scene where he's like shaving his head or cutting his hair but Mark is is those frosted tips shaving which made me think Dupont's of hair that Matt Damon like, oh, uh, movie I was like they're gonna get a little bit gay here they never <laughs> they never went uh, they didn't go full J Edgar but you know oh yeah J Edgar yeah it was yeah. implied and I think I mean if if that was part of what I think I saw uh, the the real life Mark Schultz get mad about uh, those implications, which that's you know, I no judgment, just just if he's going to deny it, fine, but the film doesn't. <laughs> the the film almost completely hints at it. Yeah, like well, without there's... without showing anything, like it's really weird because. Mm-hmm. Before a certain turning point, it, it leaves it up to your interpretation of whether they just had a falling out because Mark never had a father figure other than his brother mm-hmm. and felt completely dismissed and pushed back when DuPont brought Dave in to do the coaching when he was lashing out because of what happened between him and his mother and just kind of blamed him. And then that one scene where he slapped him in the face, like that felt like I saw you as a father figure like I thought we had this connection and then you just bring my brother in and kind of ruin everything after very seriously building him up to this you don't need your brother thing and yeah. then in turn brings them in like there was definitely a betrayal there but the way they treated each other after that hinted at so much more than yeah. that well and especially, there's one like weird quick scene where uh, Mark is asleep and then just all of a sudden John DuPont's at his door and says come on we're going to go wrestling and I was like that's it's like the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they do show that they wrestle, but I don't know. Yeah, that just that feels like like a little bit more is there. And you know what else I was mad about? What? <laughs> so there's a part early on where where Dave, uh, the Mark Ruffalo character, says yeah. like, "I I won't move my family out there. I you know I don't care how much money he's going to offer me. My family's here. My kid likes the school, and I'm going to stay here." And then like an hour later. So all of a sudden he's there. Well, and I we don't even get to see. We just see Dupont say, "I'm going to get your brother." And then the next scene, "Hey, I'm here. How's it going?" <laughs> we don't enough, get to see enough money that interrogation. Like, yeah. I would like to see that moment. It's I, because it's because it's so strongly on Mark the whole time. Yeah, like even when it's showing Dupont, mm-hmm. it's always in connection with Mark. Mm-hmm. But I, I I feel like by not having a scene where where we see what like what maybe Dupont. Like said said to him, "Hey, your brother needs you." Yeah. Maybe it was something more than money. 
mm-hmm. because I don't I don't believe that money would have gotten him because he he wouldn't do it for his own brother. His own brother said come out, and he wouldn't do it. Yeah, like it just it felt false in that moment. Um, because I got a real like behind the Caballara thing. Yeah. I saw his frosted tips. Okay, I was like, whoa, that reminds good, me of Matt Damon. Good visual. Yeah. On there. <laughs> I believe, Tom, you saw Candelabra. Oh, that was good. I never did. You're just not a Liberace fan, are you? I just... I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But, I mean, that's that's kind of what I got. And, and there was almost, like, a shame there in the way he shaved his head. Yeah. Like, he was not going to let his brother seem like that. And the way he wouldn't come out of his house, like... Mm-hmm. It felt like a piece of the movie was missing. Yeah. Like, we missed an important... Thing well, I happened. read that there was a longer cut, uh-huh. and I'm wondering what they cut out. Yeah, and I, I mean, you kind of feel it. You feel what's not there. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a long movie, even with the yeah, cut. yeah, lots of. There's at least 30 minutes of painting shots. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes of shots of fireplaces <laughs> look, you, and paintings. Like you cut out the important part of the movie, you leave in the paintings. You leave in the paintings. We got to see those. all those, uh, you know, presidents, strange, and, uh, angry dukes white men, and whatever else is up in there in paintings. So I don't know. I I was drawn to this film because of Steve Carell doing this character, and and then that's ultimately because he because he comes off so stilted, and there's a lot of conjecture of like maybe because of the prosthetics or because he was trying so hard to have a certain type of demeanor which matched <laughs> the real life character. But like I said, I need to see those videos. I know those videos are somewhere. I, I need to see those videos. I was actually pond. worried a couple of times when when he was hugging Mark or wrestling with him a little. I was like, that nose is going to fall off, and I'm yeah. just going to be sitting here going, I feel embarrassed for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is it, like I was watching like a student play like oh man that that wall's gonna fall down oh man I'm gonna feel real gonna embarrassed fall down right on those guys oh no all that all that cardboard's coming down um but kind of one of the fr- through line of the movie is like characters who have obsessions and mm-hmm. like have the need to to kind of feel important because I never really got from Mark Schultz in the movie at least that he was doing it for America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was doing it because he wanted to be important. He wanted, like, he knew that this is what he was good at, and he wanted to carry that through, and he wanted to be someone. And then in DuPont, who had the same obsession, mm. who, besides being, like, an expert marksman, and, like, like besides all the wrestling stuff, he actually did way more for other sports, too, like pentathlon and all this other stuff. He, he did more for... That other thing, uh, which, like, pentathlon wouldn't even be a thing if it wasn't for DuPont. Hmm. Like, he really made headway. They call it a DuPont-a-thon. There you go. Uh, except for, then you'd have to kill someone at the end. Uh, <laughs> you grab the starting gun. Yep, and you kill somebody. <laughs> and then that's when you get your target. And you have to well, in a pentathlon, you, really do, you do do rifle shooting. Well, but then you, then you get in a car and you tell a man to drive down, of, drive down well, the way. Instead of a target, it's an actual person. It's an actual here. person. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So uh, we'll, we'll pitch that. We'll pitch that. They're on death row. It's fine. We'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. There's, Volunteers. Volunteers. It's called uh, death by pentathlon. Death. <laughs> so, like, oh, boy. he was also, because... That scene where his mother comes in to kind of see what's happening. Um, as soon as, as soon as he gets on the ground and starts showing technique, which he has no business showing. Like, it, man, does it does it make him look so bad in this movie? Just like such a freaking hypocrite. But besides that, like, the moment he gets down there, the look on his mother's face kind of says it all. Because in real life, 
DuPont was married for eight months. Oh. And then called it off. Hmm. Um, called for a divorce. And there was claims that that uh, he did crazy stuff like um, like point point a gun at his wife's head and like try and push her into a fireplace and like all this stuff. Like for years, he'd always exhibited really erratic and strange behavior. Like even before this movie starts in real life, yeah, um, or its depiction of it in the film, uh, he'd always done weird stuff. But it, the implication of his character and like what he wants to do based on what he can do because of his responsibilities to his family and to his mom and all this stuff. The moment she makes a face and wants to leave when he gets down on that mat, mm-hmm. kind of says everything. Yeah, like he's wanted to be someone else his whole life and can't. And is kind of stuck being what he thinks he needs to be. And that leads to bigger implications of what happens between him and Mark Schultz. And and then also, like, his relationship with Dave and the way he kind of blames Dave for Mark's fall, even though... It, because he's always displacing blame to other mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, his mom gets annoyed and won't let him put uh, the medals in a certain trophy area so he goes and freaking lashes out at mark and then brings dave in like all that's connected mm-hmm. and by the end of the film several years later uh you know he ultimately spoilers kills dave for nothing real life spoilers yeah real life spoilers um and then and then in the film it shows him trying to escape that day he actually went back up into the mansion and uh um kind of held please off for two days no, I would mansion. totally believe it. Yeah, if the film ended like with that, yeah. that makes so much more sense to what than what he did. He it's did like so a weird, weird skyfall ending where he's like, I have a tunnel. I'm going to walk, walk through, through this tunnel. little tunnel and the, the cops no, are waiting I, for me. I, super, that would make so much more sense to me if he, he went, went, just went back home and just like sat in his chair and with his gun in another video and just yeah. was like, I'm, I'm and, at home and now. And told police to this leave. Is normal. The only reason they ended Get up getting property. him is because they turned off, they waited till nightfall and turned off all the electricity. And went in under the cover of dark with a SWAT team and took him took him down. That was way more interesting. I don't uh, know why zero they didn't dark do that. Dupont. Come on, let's was, get, let's get on this. I think I think they didn't do it because the whole tone of the movie is so dour that to all the having all of a sudden have like a scene where the cops are coming in to get him that would be too exciting. Um, that, at least that'd give me a little thrill before I get out of there. For God's sake, like, yeah. Because he just he kind of walks off in a stupor. He yes. Even, he even tried to claim in real life. He tried to claim like insanity, but. Well, they ended up. Let's start back when you were born. Let's go. No, back they a little threw farther. out the insanity claim because insanity is not like, hey, you're a crazy person. It's you are in a frame of mind at the moment you committed the crime yeah. where you didn't understand right or wrong, mm-hmm. and you didn't understand the letter of the law, so you can't be held accountable for it because you didn't understand mm-hmm. mentally the the capacity for it. So what they did, they ended up uh, convicting him uh, uh, third degree murder uh, while mentally ill. Hmm. So he did go to regular prison, but like a little special version. Like he went to normal prison, but he had they special him, they stuff where they, they, they the treated wall. him differently. Well, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> he actually died in 2010. Yeah. He had a, a heart failure. Didn't and, it say that at the end? Yes. I feel like I, <laughs> that's the one thing that I, 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 I could just do without with these real life films where the, at the end they just tell you everything. Because they're, like, they're like, hey, this happened. This is real. And then they're like, oh, and this guy died. And then this guy died. And these people got married. And there's <laughs> 10 kids. Yep. Thanks. The end. Bye. Yep. They so, did, I, I don't want to get too much, but 
I saw Unbroken and I, I enjoyed it. But at the end, they do a thing like that where I was oh, like, why no. couldn't you just film a quick scene? Yeah. Like it, like the thing that they said in the in the little title, card, the end card, I was like, you could have filmed a two two minute scene where like I understood in, that. Like in maybe one of the greatest war movies ever made. Uh... Don't say Pearl Harbor. What? No. <laughs> God, I hate that movie. I hate that movie so much. That's why I said it because I was like, <laughs> the worst uh, war film I could think of. Uh, Private Ryan. Saving, Saving Private Ryan, Private Ryan? Or yeah, because it's, him. it's got those end caps. There's a prequel, you know, losing Private Shut Ryan. Up. There's uh, there's end caps, you know, in the future, and that's yes, way better than hey, he lived and he had lived. some kids and came back to the cemetery later and was like crying over the graves. Mm-hmm. No, just fucking show it. Just show it. Yeah, yeah. You're Sorry. a movie, it's not a book. Tab for 2015. <laughs> reads? Who reads? Yeah, I didn't come to this movie to read. Didn't come to read. It's America. Uh, all right, so that's <laughs> our fu- any closing thoughts, Tom. I enjoyed the it. Of foxes. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one who was disappointed. Then I was I was disappointed, Truck. but at the same time, I was like I was into it. Like I understood why they were doing stuff, even if I didn't really agree with it. Mm-hmm. Like the framing, kind of the stilted acting. Like Mark Schultz as a character, that's pretty. I don't know. I'm going to read that that book that he wrote. Yeah, uh, I would understand uh, this film getting acting awards. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. Yep, they they're acting. Oh, Channing yes. Tatum. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was uh-huh. really good. I mean, he didn't do anything special, but he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like, limped around the, all day. It's kind of beautiful. With a weird smile. It's like, hi, everybody. I loved, I loved him as a wrestler. It was just I really loved funny. him in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was really a delightful... Cam- no, he didn't cameo in that? No? I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> was he a Kobo or whatever? No, he wasn't. He was, a, he was just a background ape. Oh. They just called him up for a one-day, a quick little one-day shot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Can't give Gary Oldman all the credit. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. So yeah, that was a downer. Sorry, we should have done them much like your order. We should have done them in the opposite. Yeah. To end with a happier top five note. True that. Yeah. Uh, so that's our reviews. Uh, we were just doing a little catching up over since we took some weeks off. So mm-hmm. that was, they're not new, but they're, you know, they're, they're movies, still out there. They're movies that are being talked about and yeah. they're, they're definitely not bad movies. Well, and I think top five should be more talked about. That's especially, I wanted to put, I wanted to review something a little big and something a little small. Mm-hmm. So we did it. We made it, guys. All right. We reviewed them. Uh, so that means we're now going to talk about the new releases. Tom, read off these new releases. Bop, 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 bop. New releases. We have Predestination, Taken 3, Beloved Sisters and Limited Release, and it's All So Quiet and Limited Release. All right. So before we get to guess the ending, uh, let's first do some plugs. Uh, let's thank a Silent Partner, who uh, does the song Sophomore Makeout, which is our theme song. And we got that from the YouTube Audio Library, yeah, yeah, uh, which is a, a fun little resource where you can get uh, songs to use in your videos and audio thingies. So check that out. Uh, our logo was done by Justin Kizan of Agents of Guard and of the new podcast Bend You on Spielberg with Matt Benson, uh, where Justin and uh, Benson get together once a month and talk about Spielberg films, and they're doing them in order. Ooh. The first episode is, is about Duel. It's out now. Nice. Second episode, Sugarland Express, coming soon to your ears. I enjoyed the first episode. That's that's a rousing uh, approval from Tom. Yes. I got to add that to my list. Yeah, I listened to the dual episode even though I'd never seen it, and uh, I found enjoyment, despite think, not knowing, uh, except for the, the film, what the film's about. I think I'm going to do something crazy like watch the film right before and then listen, or listen and then watch the film. I find that's fun. That's yeah. a really fun thing to I do. I find it's best to imagine the movie without knowing anything about it. That way you don't know what they're talking about. 
I mean, they they talk about a lot of scenes. Like they have yeah. a lot of funny little things to p- pick out of uh, yeah. various scenes. Uh, where am I? Oh, you know what else? Another podcast you should listen to is called Shut Up, Leonard. It's myself and Matt Benson talking about community. Uh, we're on a little hiatus right now because, you know, community is off the air. But Yahoo Screen's bringing it back. Uh, so you can check out all of our uh, thoughts on seasons one, two, four, and five. Not in that order. Uh, go subscribe and download and you'll see what I mean. Or you can find us on Twitter at ShutUpLenPod. I also wanted to uh, throw a little spotlight on a new podcast that joined the Benview Network, Friday Night Film Fights. Uh, it's two guys, and each uh, week they pick two films that are kind of similar in a theme or, you know, uh, the, the episode that I was on with Benson, we talked about the films Elf and The Family Man, mm-hmm. which are both about uh, uh, people dealing with Christmas either Grinches or, or overly happy people. The Family Man, is that the one where the he Nick gets Cage. a bow and arrow? No, no, no. That's Weatherman. Okay, I like Weatherman. You'll like Family Man. Okay. Tay Leone's in it. Oh, no, I've seen it. Okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, so they, they pick two films, and then they, they essentially uh, use criteria to decide which is better. They fight. The two films fight. Ooh. So it's, a, it's interesting to see, the, to compare these kinds of films like that. Another episode that I, of theirs that I recommend is the Ocean's Eleven uh, versus the Italian Job. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check them out. They're on the Benview Network, benviewnetwork.com. Uh, I think their website is FridayNightFilmFights.com. And their Twitter, I don't remember. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Tom. All right. Let's see. It's been a while since I've done this, so let me try and get it all. I do a lot of movie, TV, sometimes music, reviews, and news stories over at Optigrab.org. And right now I'm also reviewing a few shows like Bob's Burgers, American Horror Story, Girls has come back, so I'm doing that as well. So I have them much more over at Optigrab.org. I write on Mondays and Wednesdays at ReadWave about similar things. And I'm a featured writer over at Rant Lifestyle, usually in the entertainment section. You can find me there almost any day of the week, basically writing about whatever and anything. And I also have a few self-published short stories that you can find on Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes Noble. The uh, the average price is like two ninety nine, so you can check them out. There's like Blue Matters and Plagiarized Christmas, and I have another one that hopefully will be out in February. Ooh. So check those out. They're usually two ninety nine. There's one that's ninety nine cents if you're really a cheapskate. But mm-hmm. otherwise, those are all my things. Jordan. Hold on, I'm adding Friday Night Film Fights to my film <laughs> playlist on my podcast. All right, then. <clears throat> I've, I listen to so many podcasts that I need to like separate them into categories. I feel you. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> Too much media in the world, man. Not enough time. Yeah. Uh, I work over at a website called Gamer Assault Weekly. We do a little bit of Twitch streaming uh, fairly often. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I've got the weekend... Uh, I guess you could call uh, shifts where uh, every other week I'm on there this weekend I think it's Saturday uh, my buddy Chris and I who also works at the website will be playing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare multiplayer just shooting them fools up (laughs) calling them them airstrikes doing all kinds of crazy stuff come down it's going to be fun I'm actually giving away uh, a retail game Um, got a digital code for it it's uh uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, cool. which is the 
Uh, it's not Rogue, which is on 360 and PS3 only, and it's not Unity, which just came out. But there's so much kind of mixed talk about Unity. A lot of people are saying, hey, go play Black Flag. That's the funner game. Yeah. So that's what I'll be giving away. I also have, yep, that'll be on the Xbox One. And then I also have uh, a series of PC codes for uh, different games, and I'll be giving those away as well, kind of just to bring in the new year um, and all have fun together and win some free games. Cool. And uh, that will be this weekend uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturday, the 10th. So come on down and join us. And your your Twitter handle? At TrueValk. There you go. Uh, you should also uh, vote for us on the website podcastland.com. Uh, oh, it's a new month. i got to go do that. Yeah, every month they have a podcast of the month competition. So go go vote for us. We'd appreciate it. It raises our profile. It gets people to know about us so that we can keep doing the show and keep telling you what we think about movies because that's what really matters right that's it also is. why you should rate and review us on iTunes that's kind of important and uh, what else is out there Stitcher you can stream us on Stitcher uh, uh, but for all your Benview needs go to BenviewNetwork.com or on Twitter at Benview Network and our personal website NEVPodcast.com uh, you can email us uh, with you know thoughts on movies uh, guess the endings that you want to Give it a try. Uh, various things. NEVpodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter, at NEVpodcast. And my personal Twitter, at Podcaster Andrew. And now, it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. I'm first. Who could have guessed it? <laughs> I'm going to take a guess at Predestination, which is kind of funny because... Uh, we all know how predestination goes, right, guys? Yep. It's, it's pretty pretty predestined. Uh, directed by the Spirigs, Michael and Peter Spirig. Spirig? I'd never heard of them. Has anyone heard of them? Nope. No? Okay. I, I feel like when, you're, when your brother's directing together, like you should be a little well-known. Mm-hmm. Like the Coens or the uh, Wachowskis or Wachowskis. Brother and sister. Well, now. Yep. When I knew them, they were... When, back in the day when we, <laughs> now all they're ran, siblings. when we all ran the same block. Yeah. Uh, this film is starring Ethan Hawke, Noah Taylor, Sarah Snook, and Christopher Kirby. Uh, based on the short story All You Zombies by Robert, H., Robert A. Heinlein, Predestination chronicles oh. the life of a temporal agent sent on an intricate series of time travel journeys designed to ensure the continuation of his law enforcement career. Now, on his final assignment, the agent must recruit his younger self, while pursuing the one criminal that has looted him throughout time. All right, here we go. So Ethan Hawke is the temporal agent. Uh, he's he much much like Looper, uh, except he doesn't have to kill himself. Uh, he has to go back and make sure that he does join. Otherwise, if he doesn't join, he'll disappear. He has a picture of himself with his brother and sister, and his hand fades throughout the film. Uh, so it's a little bit sad. You know, he drops things a lot because his hand keeps fading away. And uh, so he gets in his DeLorean to travel back to make sure that his uh, younger self uh, you couldn't pick a different off. car. No, it's they're temporal agents. This is okay. this is the universe where Doc Brown invents the time agency to make sure that time flows correctly. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, which, by the way, Sarah Snook plays Doc Brown. It's a little weird. It's actually his daughter. They don't explain that until like an hour in. Uh, anyway, Doc's a nickname. Yeah. It's just you call you call any a member of the Brown family Doc. It just becomes like a family nickname. It's a hereditary title. Yeah, it's like Golden Eagle. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, so he, the one criminal that has eluded him throughout time, and he realizes this is the thing. He gets to, when he's at the end of his life, he's like, God, it's a shame I never caught that criminal. He goes back to his younger self, and he sees that criminal. Mm-hmm. He sees the their distinct outfit, and uh, he he has to cr- recruit himself to join. But he also he realizes this this could be it. This could be his last chance to catch this criminal, and he has to do it with his younger self without his younger self knowing so that when he gets older, he can go back and catch this criminal. It's a whole crazy time loop. Well, they got that flashy thingy. That they can just Neuralizer. Well, sure, but if he uses that on himself, he's afraid that maybe he'll forget in the future. There's a weird time. It's like in, um, what's that What's that one? Uh, time Cop? If you touch yourself, you explode. <laughs> Is that what happens in Time yeah, Cop, guys? Exactly. No Good wonder thing. I've never seen that. So anyway, you get to, you, you get to the point where he's about to, to catch uh, this other criminal... And uh, he doesn't get to like that's the thing he ha- he's just succeeded in recruiting himself and then he sees the face of the criminal and that's the moment that he gets drawn back into his own time mm-hmm. and he immediately has to retire and that's quantum just, quantum leap style he can't yeah he can't stop it okay. he'll never be able to but then oddly enough he comes back and he sees a bunch of posters he's the president of the world because he caught that criminal early in his career his younger self did it without even telling his older self. Because he knew the whole time he's just that smart. He outsmarted himself, outsmarting himself. himself, himself. <laughs> that was another character I didn't tell you about. Him smell. Snarf, snarf. Cool. Go, Jordan. Just go. Uh, just take this away from me. Taken three. Tricked by Olivier Megaton. Uh, Tac three in, right? Tac three in? Yeah. It's like yeah. Scrafferim. Why didn't you write it like that? Tactrian. Yeah. I was afraid that would just draw Tom to it. Like, yeah. oh, like a mock. Oh, Tactrian. It's kind of like, say, seven in. Yeah. Oh, man. Or th- er, 13 ghosts. How do they say that? It's the, uh, the there are 13 in ghosts. There you go. Tom got it. Uh, Liam Neeson, Forrest Whitaker. Ooh, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Maggie Grace and Femke Jensen. Uh who's alive in the film just to get killed. Uh, she ex- dies in the trailer. That's, that's yeah. like the worst way to die <laughs> in a film. I'm killed in the trailer, guys. Yeah. Don't have a... <laughs> not getting paid a lot for this role. Uh, ex-government operative Brian Mills. They must have just had her under contract. She's like, wait, I just die? That's what I do? It's no it? wonder that she's going to go back to Phoenix, right? She's, yeah. like, she's like, give me something with money. Right? Come on. Something people actually care about. <laughs> Ex-government operative Brian Mills is accused of ruthless of a ruthless murder he never committed or witnessed. Uh, uh, spoilers, it's his wife. Uh, as he is tracked and pursued, Mills brings out his particular set of skills. Really? Just got to do that? Yeah. There's even in the trailer. Have you seen the trailer? Line? Is that the tagline? Have you seen the trailer? I, I think I saw one. In the trailer, there's even a phone call moment. They they want to recreate that phone call moment from the first one, except God. it's with Forrest Whitaker. He's on the phone with Forrest Whitaker, and he goes, he goes, I know what I have to do. Someone Get someone got a divorce and just needs to pay some child support because <laughs> this movie's getting made um, to find the true killer and clear his name with his daughter in tow, by the way. Sure, because uh, everyone liked that in the second movie. So uh, in this movie. He's searching for the killer. But at the same time, he's going uh, back to uh, England to find his long-lost son. Oh. And uh, on the way back, um, he has to separate from him. Before he does, he turns him into a knight and sends it back to Jerusalem. Okay. And then uh, and then they get on a plane, uh, him and his daughter. And uh, he's, you know, he, he, uh, he does some work on the side as an air marshal. 
So <laughs> he's on the plane and uh, he gets a phone call. Someone, you know, is uh, making it look like he's the one taking over the plane, you know, to kind of get away with stealing all that money. And I haven't seen that movie, by the way. And <clears throat> and then uh, they end up they end up. Uh, he, he can't save everybody in time. So the government just says, screw it, we're going to blow the plane out of the sky. So the plane crashes in the mountains. And while they're, uh, they crash, and uh, at night they don't have any food or anything, we're so they end up... Head, <laughs> they're, uh, they're getting uh, picked off by wolves. Emergency break, emergency break. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get the hook. Take him off the stage. <laughs> Too many films being combined. <laughs> We're reaching max uh, max capacity on the flux capacitor. It's going nonstop. <laughs> and yep. And then uh, they end up making it out, but not before like all of them are eaten by wolves. Um, and uh, they stop off in Jerusalem. Everything's really good. His son has uh, um, evacuated most of the people out of Jerusalem, and um, all the Christians have left. And then. Uh, he kind of gets back and uh, finds a killer, and um, him and his daughter move to Mexico. And it's kind of just crazy. I mean, it goes all over the place. He goes to Jerusalem and England. And it's got a bit of the 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 born uh, yeah you know uh, problem. It's all over it's, the place. We want to go around the world, but we don't have a plot to follow it all. Yeah. So, so they just kind of you know they go on a plane. They go in the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. But it's a rip roaring ride for all ages. All right. I'm sorry. I just I, I hate the taking serious, <laughs> and I hate that all of his movies are the exact same. I've now. only seen the first one, so I haven't seen. I... And I pulled this one out of a hat. We got beloved sisters here, and it's a long description, so stick with me. The aristocratic sisters Charlotte and Caroline both fall in love with a controversial young writer and hothead Friedrich Schiller. To find the conventions of their time, the sisters decide to share their love with Schiller. What begins playfully almost as a game among the three of them soon turns serious as it leads to the end of a pact. Wow, I really should have re- read this over before I just take that <laughs> random. Okay, so we got Charlie and Caroline. They're in love with Friedrich. Things are going well. They're arist- aristocratic, so of course they have the cats that play j- jazz music. And so suddenly they're hanging out wondering, why are these cats playing jazz music? They're keeping us up at night. There's no way we can have a sex life here. And so from there, it's like, you know what? We got to attack our neighbors. We hate those aristocats. And soon Charlie and Caroline decide to form a force. While Friedrich's not quite into it. Schiller's kind of a sissy. And so things begin to playfully turn evil. And when the Friedrich doesn't agree with it, the, the women start to turn on him, thinking he's part of the bourgeoisie to keep the aristocats alive. And from there, he manages to join forces with them, play the jazz music, and soon it becomes an all-out war. But since they play jazz music, they're all over the place and unpredictable. And they're no match for um, Charlotte and Caroline, who manage to use their aristocratic powers to fight the aristocats. And soon they have money against nothing, and soon they make it rain and then instead of throwing dollar bills, they throw coins, which kind of brutally hurt the aristocats. And soon they get the hint, decide to move to a different pad, and the aristocrats and the aristocats say goodbye and never see each other again. Leaving the beloved sisters alone to cry over their lost friend, Friedrich. Because Friedrich went with the aristocats. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Really? Well, everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Except for me, because I'm allergic, I would die. Well, I mean, if you were one, I'd I don't be allergic think... to myself, and I would die. That's that's got to be like uh, in a in a in a <clears throat> fantasy film, like someone's allergic to dogs and they get turned into a werewolf and they die because they're <laughs> allergic to themselves. Yeah. I'm gonna write that right now. Tap tap, clickety tap, ding. I have a typewriter, guys. Who does it? Well, so those are our guesses for the ending. So let's end the guessing. Because we guessed the ending and now we're ending the guessing. Yes. You need a sound drop for that. What were your top five moments from this segment? Uh, from just this segment or from yeah. the, the entire first show of 2015? Well, you can do both. Then we can do the top five of the top five of the segments. Okay, good. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> but first, let's end the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming. Uh, this has been, what, 208? Is that where we are? Wow. Wow. Number 208, the start of a new year. Uh, I don't know what we're reviewing next week. Is it one of the new ones or are we going to watch some old ones? Just to annoy Jordan, let's make it Taken 3. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, subscribe to us, review us, rate us, uh, come find us on the internet. Uh, And until next week, I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. I'm Tom. Thanks for listening. Okay, I think I can hear you through my ears. I don't know. I don't know if I trust that technology. Yeah. yeah. So outdated. Get an upgrade, man. <laughs> Get Bluetooth ears. <laughs> right? That's yeah. where we are yeah. in technology. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2015. I mean, we got a Google Glass. We might as well have the... Google uh, Glass, a blue ear. Yeah, blue ear. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no relation to Blue Man Group. They're suing. They're, by they the are. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yep. You know, they would think, I mean, but what other color are you going to make the ears that are called blue ears? It's not like it's uh, red tooth. No. Right? That, that just sounds painful. That just, that, I mean, have you seen a red tooth? Yeah. It's I mean, not You it's basically not have to go to the dentist. It's not a good look. Yeah. yeah. But it was, you know, it was the style. Yeah. Unless you're a vampire and it's in style. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.